What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Real Talk. I know it's been a while. I left you guys without a dope beat to step to. But listen, I'm back. I took care of business. I took care of the things that need to be taken care of. And now there's a lot to talk about. The Raiders have back-to-back losses. We lost to the Deadbolts, and we lost to the Bears. And what sweet moral victory for Khalil Mack to beat John Gruden in his final game is a Las Vegas Raiders head coach. That's right. John Gruden has resigned. And after the emails that came out, after everything that came out, it's no surprise that he resigned. Mark was able to recoup that money. He wasn't able, he didn't have to pay him. And John Gruden is no longer the head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. But let's go down the timeline of what happened because there's a lot of people that are saying, well, this is something that happened 10 years ago. He shouldn't be punished for something that happened 10 years ago. People grow. People change. Things happen. These are going to be my takes on it. So this is what I have to say about the John Gruden situation. Back in 2011, John Gruden had sent an email to then team president of the Washington football team, then the Redskins, Bruce Allen, who basically was talking about the lockout and was talking about DeMaury Smith, the director of the NFLPA, the National Football League Players Association, talking about how uh, he was frustrated with the lockout. Now, talking about frustration with the lockout is not an issue. The issue that arises is the comments that were made about DeMaury Smith, talking about his looks, uh, most importantly, his lips, calling them, comparing them to black Michelin tires, uh, using a racial trope in that in that context. Now, do I believe that John Gruden is racist? No, I do not believe that John Gruden is racist. However, there were definitely racial undertones of that message. That was the first thing that came out last week. After the game, after the Raiders got demolished on Sunday by the Bears, the team, first off, didn't look like the team has looked in the past. This looked like a team that was disinterested. This looked like a team that was in another place, in another mindset. This looks like a team that was not ready to play. And the coach, John Gruden, looked like a coach who was not ready to coach that team. He did not call a good game. He did not have the team discipline. He did not have the team ready. There were mental mistakes. There were penalties. There were holding calls. There were defensive penalties. It was a shit show altogether. That being said, after the game on Sunday, another report came out on Monday that there were emails that were sent from 2011, 2012, 2013, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, all the way up until the time he was hired as a Raiders head coach. These emails went on to criticize everything from President Obama to Vice President Biden to the national anthem protests to making misogynistic comments about referees and female referees in the NFL, about female coaches, about the the Rams drafting a openly gay player in Michael Sam, to the point where former Rams head coach Jeff Fisher had to make a statement on Twitter that they drafted Sam because of his physical ability and his ability to play the game, not because of his sexual orientation. Now, why does this become a question? Why does this become a discussion? Well, let's look at it. The Las Vegas Raiders are a team made up of predominantly black men. The National Football League is a league made up of predominantly black men. 
the Raiders happened to have a player on their team in Carl Nassib, who was a tremendous player, that happens to be openly gay and is also the first openly gay active player in the National Football League. These are why these things matter. Because you have John Gruden, who is a head coach, who is making these statements and emails, talking to his cronies, that is supposed to go out there and lead these men into battle. And these men are supposed to trust him when he's making comments like this behind their back. That is why it's an issue. As we go down the rabbit hole, as we go down some of the things that were said, this is the frustration that I have. There were 665,000 emails that were reviewed by the FBI for the national, for the Washington football team. The only emails that were released were those of John Gruden. Now, I'm not saying this was a witch hunt for John Gruden, but this is a very serious thing that has gone through that things are not happening the way that they should. Every single email that has information should be released. There is definitely more information because not on top of the the things that John Gruden sent, John Gruden was receiving pictures. John Gruden was receiving pictures of Washington football team cheerleaders forced to pose topless. These were sent through a company email. So think about this. These emails were sent through company emails. Now everybody sits there and goes, well, let's go through your emails for the past 10 years. You can go through my company emails for the past 10 years. I guarantee you, you're not going to find one thing, one iota, not even a damn heck or crap in those emails because it's a professional email. As a professional, you should know better. Now, people talk about John Gruden should should change in 10 years. Look, I'm 38 years old. 10 years ago, I was 28 years old. I'm not sending those kind of emails when I was 10, when I was 28. John Gruden is now 58. So 48, he's still sending those emails. You telling me that people are changing that much. What's said in the dark comes comes out in the light, especially nowadays. Now, there's a lot of people that are that are screaming and crying cancel, cancel culture and that, you know, that people are out to get him. No, look. Yes, there may be people out to get John Gruden. However, there is a bigger issue at hand. There is a bigger problem, and there is a lot more that needs to come out with these emails. And I'm, I'm curious to see what happens with those. We saw a report of Adam Schefter sending emails to Bruce Allen, calling him, quote unquote, Mr. Editor, and basically sending him his articles and having Bruce Allen edit, omit, or change articles before Schefter puts them out. It's going to be very interesting to see how this works out because remember all these emails that were sent by Gruden were during the time that he was employed by ESPN. Adam Schefter, also an employee of ESPN, has been very, very much at the forefront of the the reporting of John Gruden's emails. Now that his emails are come out, he's been very quiet. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And we've seen that ESPN has had a lot of issues in in recent in recent times, uh, especially with diversity. Uh, we saw that, you know, with the Maria Taylor and Rachel Nichols issue, Rachel Nichols was recorded saying that Maria Taylor was basically uh, offered that because of a tokenism um, that she, you know, that she didn't want her hours cut, whatnot, whatever. Now you have Adam Schefter coming in, altering information with Bruce Allen. You've got John Gruden's emails. It's going to be a very slippery slope on how these things work how these things go through i think that this is going to be something that is going to blow up in a lot of people's faces 
We know that there's some owners in this league that obviously are part of the good old boys club. We have Jerry Jones, who is pictured with prostitutes. We have Robert Kraft, who was down in Florida um, having, you know, his fun at a massage parlor. We have Jim Ursay, who was popped with pills and drunk driving. There's a lot of owners in this league that, that are going to have to answer to a lot of people. And I think that one of the things is that the league is trying to shield these guys. And the reason why I think that is because of all the emails that were released, the only ones that are able to be seen by the media are John Gruden's. The National Football League has said that they will not release any other emails. Now, the NFLPA has said, no, release the emails. The Washington football team's attorneys or people that are supporting some of the people suing the Washington football team are saying, release those emails. There's a lot more damning information out there. There's a lot more information that needs to be said. There's a lot more things that need to come out. And there's going to be a lot of people that are going to roll because of this. And it's going to be very interesting to see how this develops. And this is going to be something that we're going to talk about for a while. But that said, the Raiders have a game this week. And before we get into this game, I'm going to take a quick break. While I take this break, make sure you go and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Make sure you hit notifications so you know when these pods are dropping. Make sure you go and leave me five stars on Apple Reviews. Make sure you leave me a review, an actual review. I want to start reading these reviews on here. And I've actually got a couple of reviews that I'm going to read. Because, look, I was at five stars. I dropped down to 4.9 because a few Charger fans got in their feelings and they wanted to come in and, and try to sabotage this. So, Raider Nation, get in there and do your boy a favor. Get me back up to five. Knock those Chargers out, man. I'm sick of these dudes, all five of them. I'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. All right, Raider Nation. So as we gear up to face the Denver Broncos, the Raiders have a lot to, to look at, a lot to focus on. A new identity to create, really. Raiders special team coach Rich Basaccia has been named as the interim head coach. Now, Rich has been in the league for a vast number of years, number of decades. Uh, he's very well respected around the league. I saw Eric Harris. I saw Bryce Butler. I saw a couple other players, you know, hyping him up, talking about him, uh, really excited about him. He's going to take over the team and he's going to lead these guys into battle. The Raiders are three and two. We're five games into the season. We're going into week six. The Raiders are still sick, sitting at number two in the division. The Raiders have had two ugly losses, one against the Chargers and one against the Bears. It's time to shake those off and focus. Now, this team, you've got Gus Bradley running the defense. The defense has been playing at a great level. I think that, you know, the pass rush has been really good. They've been getting to the quarterback. They've been doing some pretty good things against the run. The linebackers are playing some great football. We've dealt with some injuries. Trayvon Mullen is out. He's on an injury reserve list. Damon Arnett is on injury reserve. But guys have really stepped up in in that position. Uh, now, obviously, you know, last, last week, Amik Robertson, he played pretty well, but he was playing against Allen Robinson. Amik's a short guy, and playing against a 6'5 receiver is tough, man. Uh, and so those are some things that we got to look at. But looking at this team, I'm kind of excited to see what they can do. Defensively, things aren't going to change. Gus Bradley's going to do what Gus Bradley does. He's going to motivate these guys. He's going to lead them. He's going to get these guys ready for battle. Offensively, I think this is going to be a big test for Derek Carr. Greg Olson has taken over the offense. He's going to be calling the plays. Greg Olson and Derek Carr, obviously, they have a relationship. Olson's been here for the past four years. He was Derek Carr's coordinator in the first, his rookie year in 2014. Now the Raiders went 0-10 in 2014, but let's remember, this was Derek Carr's rookie year. We didn't have the players that we have right now, and Derek Carr is a much better quarterback today than he was when he was a rookie. That's just that's veteran leadership. That's knowing the system. That's being around these guys. That's building continuity. That's being a leader in this team in the locker room. I'm excited to see what these guys can do. I think that Derek is going to have a lot more autonomy at the offensive line. I think he's going to be able to call a lot more of the plays himself. I think he's going to be able to be a little bit more aggressive. You know, we saw Derek excel with John Gruden. We saw Derek excel because he got smarter. He got better protecting the football. He got better in reading defenses. He got better in understanding the offense. He got better in understanding his team. But I think now, with four years under John Gruden, coming in, he's able to now take control, take command of this offense, much like Peyton Manning did, much like Tom Brady did. Now, I'm not saying that Derek is Peyton Manning or Tom Brady because I know that you guys will try to crucify me in the comments if I say that. But what I'm saying is, he has the ability to lead this team as a leader, as somebody who has been a veteran in this league, as somebody who can lead a top team into battle. I think that Derek Carr has the ability to take this team and do some great things with it. I'm excited to see the aggressiveness that they have. 
I'm excited to see the Raiders maybe abandon the run at times when they realize that the run isn't working. I'm excited to see what this team can do when facing adversity because now look, the Raiders are down two games, back-to-back losses. They're going on a road in a hostile environment in Denver, mile high, some of the ugliest fans in the National Football League. And now they got to face these blue and orange donkeys out in Denver. This is going to be a big test for the Raiders for a couple of reasons. One, you just lost your head coach. You just dealt with a whole week's worth of bullshit listening about emails and scandals and misogynistic comments and homophobic slurs and racial slurs and and all these things. The Raiders have the ability to come in here and build up all that energy, all that anger, all that frustration and go and take it out on the donkeys. The Raiders are going into this weekend on underdog. There's no doubt in my mind that the Raiders are going into this weekend out on underdog. Everybody in the National Football League, everybody in the national media is counting the Raiders out. Everybody has already written the Raiders off of their schedule. Everybody has said, you know what? John Gruden's gone. The Raiders are done. We can cross them off. Derek Carr is not an MVP candidate. The Raiders are not going to be a playoff team. Let's give it to the Chargers. The Chiefs are going to come back. The Broncos may do something. This is a time for the Raiders to prove people wrong. This is a time for Derek Carr to prove all the doubters wrong. All the people that said, oh, Gruden made him who he is, or Derek is not the guy. Derek is not somebody who's going to lead this team to the promised land. This is a time for Derek Carr to step up and say, you know what? This is my team. I'm a Las Vegas Raider. I'm a Raider. Not I'm a, I'm a Las Vegas Raider. I'm a Raider. Because when we talk about the Raiders, we don't talk about the Las Vegas Raiders. We don't talk about the Oakland Raiders. We don't talk about the Los Angeles Raiders. We talk about the Raiders. We talk about Raider Nation, the greatest nation in sports, the only nation in sports. And when we talk about Raider Nation, we talk about what it means to be a Raider. We talk about Al Davis and his pride and what he brought into the Raider organization, leading a diverse bunch. Hiring the first Latino head coach, hiring the first black head coach, hiring the first female executive, hiring the first Latino quarterback, having one of the first black quarterbacks in the National Football League, having the first Latino head coach to win a Super Bowl, having the first Latino head coach to win two Super Bowls. Al Davis was at the forefront. And when we talk about being a Raider, when we talk about what embodies a Raider, we talk about the mentality, the commitment to excellence the pride and poise. We talk about these guys that that are going to go out on the field and they're going to face adversity and they're going to laugh in the face of adversity. The 1980 Raiders were the first wildcard team to win a Super Bowl. Why? Because they had heart. Because they cared. Because they gave a shit. This team is going to face every single piece of adversity that you could face. You had a player come out in the offseason. You had a coach come out with emails that had racial undertones. You had a coach that come out that had emails that had misogynistic undertones. You had a coach that came out with, you know, homophobic language. These are things that you can look at and you can use as a motivator and say, you know what? Nah, we're not going to let this stuff define us. We're going to use this stuff as a fuel and we're going to go ahead and we're going to go in and we're going to do something. Everybody's counting the Raiders out this week. Everybody's saying the Raiders are not going to get this. The Raiders have lost their way. This is an opportunity for this team to come together, for this team to finish strong. We're in week six, y'all. Week six, three and two. 
second in the division, facing a division opponent. Now, if we go down, if we go down around the division, you've got the Chargers that are facing the Ravens. Now, the Ravens just beat the Broncos not too long ago. We beat the Ravens. The Chargers are, are a good football team, and they're they're on a run right now. They're going to have a test with the Ravens. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. You got the Broncos that are facing us. And you have the Chiefs who are facing the Washington football team this week. And the Chiefs right now are 2-3. and three. Pat Mahomes has thrown more interceptions this season already in five games than he's, than he's thrown the past two seasons. Not combined, but he threw, I think, five last season for the previous season. Teams are starting to figure out the Chiefs. Teams are able to stop Tyreek Hill. Teams are able to limit Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs are a team where, you know, we can start looking at the, they're a team that's beatable. We beat them once. We almost beat them twice last year. We almost swept them. If Paul Gunther wasn't such an idiot, the Raiders would have swept them. But right now we look at this Denver game. We look at this team that Denver the Broncos have, and they've got a pretty good team. Their defense is one of the best in the league. You've got Von Miller who for, you know, I'm not going to say that he's old, but for as old as he is, he's still playing at a high level. Now, obviously, they don't have Bradley Chubb right now. He's out, but they've got Shelby Harris at tackle. He's a stud. They got Justin Simmons at safety. That guy is one of the best in the league. They've got uh, Patrick Sertain, who's playing at a great level right now for a rookie. They've got a good defense on him, and they don't have any slouches at offense. You know, you've got some guys out there that can play. you got Teddy Bridgewater, who's playing some good football, and he's in a good system for him. Uh, you know, Teddy was never a bad quarterback. He just was a guy that was never given the right opportunity. He he went to he went to Minnesota. He got hurt. He goes to Carolina. You're, it's Carolina, uh, and then now he's over here in in Denver, and he's actually playing some good football. They've got a good team over there in Denver. This isn't going to be a cakewalk, especially with you know all the shit that the Raiders are dealing with right now. Losing your head coach going through all this adversity, dealing with the media shitstorm, all that stuff. So this is going to be an opportunity for the Raiders to get back on top. These are both two teams that started out 3-0. and These are both two teams that lost back-to-back games. The difference is the two teams that the Broncos lost to are the two teams that the Raiders beat. The three teams that the the, don- the Donkeys lost to, I'm sorry, the, the, the three teams that the Donkeys beat, were all defeated teams. The the teams had a combined record of 0-9. And, and so that's the difference. If we look at the strength of schedule, obviously the, the Raiders have had a stronger schedule. But any given Sunday, any given Sunday, these guys can come out and you don't know what's going to happen. I expect the Raiders to come out tough. But let's get into the keys. So as we get into this game and we talk about what the Raiders need to do to win this game, the Raiders have to start strong. They got to start fast. They got to start quick. They got to strike fast. They got to strike hard. And the way they're going to do that is they have to score on the opening drive. In the past 10 games, the Raiders have not scored in the opening drive. In the past five games, the Raiders have scored only five points in the first quarter all season. That's one field goal, and that's one safety. 
That is unacceptable. The Raiders have to score in the opening drive. The Raiders have to score in the first quarter. The Raiders have to start strong. That's the first one. Two, the Raiders got to find their identity on the offensive line. They've moved things around. They traded Rodney Hudson. They traded Gabe Jackson. They they got rid of Trent Brown. Now, Trent's done nothing. Trent has played seven total snaps this season. He's sitting over there on the sidelines in, in New England, eating freaking fruit roll-ups, and he's tweeting about the grass is greener. Of course the grass is greener, Trent. You're sitting your ass on the sidelines doing nothing and getting paid for it. Greatest underdog, my ass. Rodney Hudson is out this week with a rib injury. It has to be significant because Rodney's tough as nails. And Gabe Jackson's playing some pretty good football up there in Seattle. The Raiders have to find their identity on the offensive line. Richie Incognito is still out. It's looking like uh, the Raiders are going to run with Colton Miller at left tackle. You'll have John Simpson at left guard. You'll have Andre James at center. You will have Alex Leatherwood at right guard, who has moved over to right guard from right tackle. Uh, he's had some growing pains last week. He had some false starts, a couple of holds. Um, he, he's got to clean it up. He's got to get it together. He's got to figure it out. Uh, and then you have Brandon Parker at right tackle. Uh, the, the Raiders offensive line, they have to figure it out because they need to get the running game going. Get the running game op- going so you can start some play-action passes and open up the passing game. Next, the Raiders offense has to be crisp. They have to be dialed in, and Derek Carr has to take control. Derek Carr and Darren Waller are the leaders, and Josh Jacobs are the leaders on that offense, they have to take control of that offense. They have to take control of the game. They have to set the tone. Now, looking at defensive side of the ball, you can't give up the big plays. You got a guy in Teddy Bridgewater who can run around. He can move around a little bit. The Raiders have, have played some mobile quarterbacks in Justin Fields, also facing Lamar Jackson, and even Justin Herbert. These are all guys that can move around. They can move around the pocket. If you let them get after it, if you let them move, they can. Shit, we even saw... Jacoby Brissett <laughs> move around on him a little bit. So the Raiders have to play disciplined football. One guy that's been playing some good football that a lot of people had overlooked is John Abram. John Abram is playing some really good football right now. And they put him in the box. He's playing where he belongs and he's doing a good job. But the Raiders have to step up. They can't allow the big plays. They've got some speedy receivers over there. They cannot let guys get behind them. This is going to be a test for the defense. It's also going to be a test for the offense because this is a good defense. When I look at this team, when I look at the Broncos, I think it's an evenly matched team. The Broncos may be a little bit healthier than us, but the Raiders have a chip on their shoulder. I am hoping the Raiders can pull this off for Raider Nation, for Derek Carr, and for their organization. Go Raiders.